Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fly ball to center field. Over in right center is Weimer. Approaching the track makes the catch. Brewers take the series. Final score, Milwaukee 6, Pittsburgh 3. Yep, that's how the series went. For two games at least. Pirates lost to the Brewers yesterday, lost two of three over the weekend. A miraculous comeback, though, on Friday, and a call that you may hear for years to come. Oh, yeah, cool move, ah. Huh? Carlos Santana at the walk-off home run, Greg Brown with a great call. And that was exciting, too. The Pirates came back, and they almost came back, too, on Saturday. Final score of Saturday's game was 11-8. to And then yesterday, they were just outmatched for the most part to the Brewers. They're kind of staying in it, but didn't quite, couldn't quite get back in the game. On Saturday, they were down 11-2. to And they made it 11-8. That was the final. But they were coming back. They had a chance late in the game to come back. But the Pirates got down early in all three games of the series to the Brewers, and that just they can't happen. You can't lose. You can't get down early. And and you might think, you know, if you your initial reaction might be, yeah, the Pirates made it close. This is exciting. They almost won that game on Saturday against the Brewers. But then you think, why did they have to go down 11-2 to in the first place? Why did they have to fall so far behind to have to claw back? Comeback wins are exciting. Friday's game was exciting. Friday's game produced one of the best calls in recent history by Greg Brown. One that will stick around for a little bit. Reminded me of uh, Fita Bella when Francisco Cervelli was here. And that 2015 season where they won 98 games. Great call. Carlos Santana, Oyekomova. They had to come back in that game, though. They were down by a lot, and that's what made that game so exciting. And then you thought maybe on Saturday you were going to get an encore. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't have to come back from eight, nine runs to win baseball games. So that's my take on the weekend. There's so many sports to get into as well. We're going to talk about... A whole slew of things this morning. Mitch Keller's an all-star 
for the Pirates. Should David Bednar have made it? Should anybody else have made it? Mitch Keller certainly deserving, but are the Pirates getting cheated out of all-star picks? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. How about Ben Charrington weighed in on uh, how he perceives his draft options? Maybe there's more than one or two draft options that the Pirates have. Ooh, we'll get into that. Kyle Dubas publicly addressed the signing, the re-signing, I should say, of Tristan Jari, which went official when uh, NHL free agency was activated on Saturday at noon. Tristan Jari has a new deal with the Penguins. We can talk about that. But yeah, just to just to talk about this Pirates team, the the pitching's got to do well enough to not go down so soon. The the, the team's just got to find a way to not give up that many runs or not give up runs. I think in all three games they gave up runs in the first inning. Let me double check that first game again. No, they didn't in the first inning. They did in the third inning though to the Brewers, and then I think the next two games, Saturday and Sunday, both had first inning runs. Yeah, the Brewers scored a run in the first inning on Saturday, and they scored. Oh, no, I was wrong. Okay, so the first two games of the series, the Brewers scored first, not necessarily in the first inning. Then, yeah, then yesterday the Pirates were actually leading, and then, oh, that's right, Nick Gonzalez hit the home run, but then the Brewers responded with three in the top of the third, and the Brewers led ever since that third inning. Okay, so so yesterday was a little bit different. The first two games, though, the Brewers scored first, so not as bad as I thought um, initially because I remember that game – on Saturday, the Brewers got out early and then scored five in the second inning, which there's got to be damage control at some point in those scenarios where you don't give up that many runs in one inning. Again, it happens, but I can't stress enough. I mean, I say this all the time. The Pirates have just struggled for what seems like years now. Doesn't matter what year it was in. I mean, the 2013-15 to 15 stretch, it was a theme. 2018, when they were a decent team, when they won 84 games that year, um, or no, they won 82, excuse me. They won 82 and 79. Um, yeah, 2018 though, same theme. They lose to division opponents. They lose series to division opponents way too much. The Cardinals have been, uh, maybe an exception. And I remember there was the storyline for the Pirates that, um, that the, the Pirates and Cardinals are going to be the next great rivalry in sports. And then both teams didn't make the playoffs the following year in 2016, and the Chicago Cubs um, let us all know that they were not to be forgotten about because they won the World Series. So, But the theme, nonetheless, other than the Cardinals, the Pirates have struggled against division opponents. They've struggled against the Reds and the Brewers and the Cubs. And the Brewers hosted the Pirates, and the Brewers swept the Pirates in Milwaukee, and then... The Brewers come to Pittsburgh. They had a clear chance to win the game on Friday. Glad the Pirates won that one, collected that win. But then the next two, they they lost, and they lost the series. And that's going to hurt the Pirates moving forward. This series, at least a series win, was a golden opportunity for the Pirates to stick around in the National League Central and to gain some ground, and they didn't. And losing those games pushes them further back. The Reds and Brewers are still tied at the top of the division right now. They're each 45 and 39. And the Pirates, 39 and 44. They're five and a half games back of the division lead. 
The Cubs are right on their tail, too. The Cubs are six games out of the division lead. Cubs have been kind of struggling. The Cardinals still kind of buried, nine and a half games out. That's less than the other two last-place teams in the National League. The Rockies are 17 and a half games back of the NL West lead, and the Nationals 22 games out. But, I mean, I think my point's emphasized, and I'll say it as long as they keep losing division games. Those division games are so important. And I know May was bad, and we all talk about May being terrible because they got swept to start the month and they didn't win a series until the end of the month. I contest that June was a worse month for this team because they got swept in three consecutive three-game series to division opponents. And that's not uh, – that's even worse because those games directly impact how the standings move. Teams don't stay put if they're playing each other in division. So that hurt the Pirates more than I think losing 10 in a row and then uh, on a 15-game stretch losing 13 of those games. That's worse. I get that they swept a couple series in the month. They won some other series. Beating the Padres is fun because they spend a lot of money. Beating the Mets was fun because they spend a lot of money. But at the end of the day, losing to those division opponents is rough, and losing 13 games in a 15-game stretch is very bad. It's, it's not. It, it's it's going to hurt your team. I can't believe they're still five and a half games out with how May and June have gone. I almost hate to think that we might have jinxed the team because we, we all talked about in April they would have to have a catastrophic fall to not be in playoff contention. And May, we thought, was catastrophic. Then June came around in June. Even more catastrophic. So that's where the Pirates are right now, and I have my concerns. We'll continue to talk about that. You're listening to the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84lumber.com. So Ben Sherrington talked yesterday. Again, we got a lot of stuff to get into, and in a short amount of time, I'm just going to kind of lay the foundation of what happened over the weekend because there's so much news. Tristan Jari got re-signed by the Penguins to a five-year contract. Ben Charrington talked about the draft choices that the Pirates have, and you know the draft is next week, so ooh, that's exciting, right? So uh, lots, lots to get into. Mitch Keller is an all-star, but he's the only all-star right now selected from the Pirates. We'll talk about all that. If you have an opinion on anything and you'd like to call in, you can do that at any time in the next half hour. 412-928-9370 is the phone number you can reach me at. 412-928-9370. Let's talk about Ben Sherrington. Made some comments this weekend. to uh, He had a media session where reporters got to ask him questions in a more closed setting than he also had his show yesterday. So let's start with these comments. Uh, ben Sherrington was asked by reporters about um, Skeens or Cruz, which one is, seems more appealing or which one might he consider more than the other. Here was Sherrington's response. I think it gets narrower all the time. Um, we'd rather not define exactly how narrow it is right now, but it, it gets narrow. You know, every hour you spend on it it gets a little bit narrower but I don't think I fully expect that we 
go into Sunday um, a, a week from tomorrow um, still with you know multiple considerations like how realistic is it to think that a player that you take next week could be up here this season and help this team well first of all I just want you know to be clear I wouldn't stop at two players um, we have more than that under consideration um, but you know it, that, that would be pretty aggressive even for a advanced college player to consider you know I guess it has happened but pretty aggressive okay so there were rumors circulating too and a lot of fans had the question that maybe the Pirates would or Charrington would consider calling up Skeens right because he always uh, he already has so much experience and he throws hard and he lasts a lot of innings why not just race him through the minor leagues and you know, get him here to join the Major League Club. Charrington doesn't like that idea, but apparently it's not just two. That was the word. Not just two decisions, uh, or not just two options for the Pirates. There's more than two players that they're considering, and the window is just going to get narrower and narrower and, and narrower until whenever. He did specify, because Greg Brown then asked him on the Ben Charrington show Yesterday on the Pirates Radio Network, uh, right here on 93.7 The Fan, uh, Ben uh, Ben Charrington was asked by Greg Brown, well, when do you, when do you think you're going to make the decision? When do you think you're going to know which player you're going to draft? And here was his response. Late Sunday? What is it? July 9th? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, really I think, late I think Sunday? that's when we'll know, yeah. Um, yeah, because so, why not, right? Like, you know. Uh, yeah, there's no hurry. You don't uh, have to do, know why, now. Why not use every minute you have? Um Decisions are hard, and if you have, I've always felt like uh, whatever time you have to make a decision, you better use it. Um, obviously, sometimes you got to be prepared to make a decision faster if you're forced to. But in this case, we know exactly when the draft is going to start. Um, it's not going to change. We know, we know when it's going to start. We know when we're making that selection. Um, I don't see any reason why not to use all the time we have. Use all the time we have. So they're not really going to know until Sunday, next week. They're waiting that long. Okay. I heard some rumors that maybe Ben Charrington is giving Scott Boris his own treatment. Like, sure, yeah, okay. We won't draft him. But then uh, where does his value go not being a number one overall in a draft? Right? I think the number one overall pick among the top prospects gets the most money. So we'll play this game too. You don't want to be the first overall pick? That's great. Good for your client. We'll go with somebody else because we got options. I think that's what that is. Maybe he's being genuine. If you buy that, if you don't buy it, let me know. You can call. And we do have a caller on the line right now at 412-928-9370. Ted from Mount Washington. Go ahead, Ted. What's on your mind? Well, real quick about the Pirates. They're going to draft a pitcher. I mean, it's obvious they're going to do it. It's not even close. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just blowing smoke. Uh, it, it's a logical choice. Drew may be good, but right now the organization needs to pitch Um And you know who they're going to draft. You think it's, uh, it's not even close. It will find out. they got to be out of their mind not to draft. There's no one else. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, hear, I, mean, I hear you. It's not even close. Thanks for the call, Ted. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. That's That's fair. See, I was tantalized a little bit. I've been going back and forth on Skeens and Cruz, and I think even a Twitter 
uh, follower of the fan was asking all the hosts and producers. I said, pencil me in for Skeens. Then I heard, ooh, Dylan Cruz is the next Bryce Harper. And I was like, ooh, I like the name Bryce Harper. MVP, um, no World Series rings. But, you know, other than that, I mean, he plays well individually, right? Ooh, exciting. Dylan Cruz would be an exciting player. Then I rethought, and I'm like, well, hold on now. Skeens is a pitcher, and he throws many pitches in games at uh, close to triple digits uh, in velocity. So back to pitcher, and then – and then I was a little more sold on uh, Skeens for a second because Scott Boris said that Dylan Cruz doesn't want to sign with the Pirates. And then, then I was like, wait, no, no, we don't want Scott Boris to win. Sign Dylan Cruz. And and uh, yeah. And then after a few days, I said, no, that's silly. The Pirates need pitching. And then I went back to Skeens. So I've been going back and forth for a while in my own head. But um, Ted from Mount Washington, uh, not not an incorrect point at all. No, Skeens, I think would be beneficial to the team. Um, and I'm still on the uh, I'm still on the pitcher train, uh, but I don't know I I I like Charrington. There's there's something about Charrington where he has very smooth answers and he's very hidden and he doesn't he doesn't care what people think. It seems and it's not necessarily an arrogance, just the way he speaks. I don't know what you know why exactly I like how he speaks, but it's just it's the way he uh, presents his ideas and and presents his plan in a way without presenting it, you know, and he, he plays a game of chess kind of with, you know, the, the agents, uh, specifically Boris in this case, um, just talking about how many options that the Pirates have. And, and you should consider thoroughly who you're going to pick. Um, I think that, I mean, it's a, it's going to get, if Cruz or Skeens is not drafted by the Pirates, I think that uh, the city is going to um, light up the Pirates a little bit. Um, and especially if that pick doesn't pan out or gets traded later on, like you want this draft pick at one overall to be a cornerstone of the franchise. Like you want Henry Davis to be a cornerstone of the franchise. The fact that Nick Gonzalez has come up and is um, doing well early in his tenure in Major League Baseball is a good sign. Taramar Johnson's an exciting prospect. He was drafted first uh, in the first round by the Pirates uh, last season, 2022. So, yeah, I think that um, I think that you you don't want to draft this one one overall guy and and um, and not have him be your franchise piece or even do well. Excuse me, not do well. You know what I mean. You you want to keep him on the team and you want him to do well. You don't want to have to trade anybody for some other uh, assets later on, or you don't want that prospect to not pan out. Like this prospect needs to pan out. And especially I'm saying that the, the city of Pittsburgh would be in an uproar and um, and would really blast the Pirates if this draft pick didn't work out and it wasn't Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. At least if you draft those guys, everybody kind of has the in their mind, uh, everybody has it in their mind like, hey, you know, um, at, least they, at least they went with the guys that were the top guys at the time. But, you know, you take a chance on somebody and it doesn't work out, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, now we're set back because nobody, we drafted nobody, or nobody drafted ahead of us. We got the first selection with no room for adjustment because we have the first overall pick. And then that happened. So, you know, the, the, the pick wasn't one of the top guys, the best pitcher and the best offensive player and outfielder in the draft, and then that pick doesn't work out. I think that's the big concern that we all have right now when considering 
who the Pirates should pick. Well, we'll see. And I also kind of, uh, his comments, speaking of, while well, I'm thinking about where they're drafting, I know he's saying they need time to think, and there would be more thinking and consideration done, I believe, if you're picking down the list. But the Pirates aren't picking down the list, so I don't know if I necessarily buy what Charrington's saying either because there's nobody picking ahead of them, so the consideration here is just you know, them assessing talent individually, but you'd have to be blind not to see that Cruz and Skeens uh, respectively are the best at their positions going into this draft, and um, I don't know what, what consideration further you need because, again, nobody's picking before you you're you've got you've got the you've got the first pick there is no room for adjustment you can choose whoever you want as the first overall pick so that's my that's my response to Charrington we got to take a break we'll take one more caller though real quick at 412-928-9370 go ahead introduce yourself hello you're on the radio and they hung up oh it's terrible well uh, call back if you want to, but we're going to take a quick break. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. Uh, when we come back, Tristan Jari re-signed with the Penguins on a five-year contract worth uh, almost $27 million. We'll get into that next. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis, and this is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's Nicholas Harry Callis. Taking you up to the Fan Morning Show pre-show. And Joe Starkey is in the building. He'll have the Fan Morning Show this morning from 540 to 10. Give me fan weather right now, too. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer Equinox and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. And you can check them out online at sunchevy.com today. Expect rain throughout the area throughout most of the day. High is going to be 79, the low 66. Then tomorrow, expect a 50% chance of thunderstorms. High of 84, low of 67. I know uh, forecasts earlier than today had suggested it might be sunny, but... Um, Stormed yesterday unexpectedly, and now uh, and now it's supposed to rain throughout this week. So not fun for your 4th of July uh, end of the weekend, I should say. But yeah, we move forward. All right, uh, real quick, Kyle Dubas spoke to the media the other day after the signing of Tristan Jari, among other things. I mean, he didn't just speak about Tristan Jari. He spoke about um, the first day of NHL free agency and made a few moves. But the big news was that uh, Tristan Jari was re-signed to a five-year, nearly $27 million contract. And uh, here are his comments on Tristan Jari. Two-time All-Star. At the same time, he's dealt with significant injuries the past two years, hasn't experienced much playoff success. Mm -hmm. What gave you comfort to extend such a substantial contract into him? Yeah, I think um, I think for me, it's it's looking at the whole sample. So when you when you go back a, a number of years, I think Tristan's 
played the six most games in the league and, and won the fifth most, I think, in the, in the last three seasons. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the, the injury stuff, um, I don't want to make it more pronounced than it was because even with the injuries, he still played 49 games this year, which is, which is a credit to Tristan. Um, but it started with the, you know, the freak thing uh, going into the playoffs two years ago uh, with, An- with uh, Anders Lee kind of falling on him. And, and I think it, it just, you know, was one thing kind of rolls into the other with it. Um, but he still played through it and, and was able to still play well. I mean, and, and uh, I think he would be the first to tell you he wants to continue to be better. And I think his sample shows that he's capable of being better in, the, in two of the previous three seasons to that being an all-star. So um, I just think that the larger sample made me comfortable. But I think more importantly than that, Seth, just the view of, of the people in the in the facility and in the room and then with myself getting to know Tristan. Um, um, and so that uh, that was what made me comfortable to go down that path with him. And I think it's been made very clear to him what, what my expectations are in terms of him continuing to uh, be in great shape, put himself in a position to be as healthy as possible, and continue to play the number of games that he has. And, and uh, with what I learned from he and, and meeting with his wife Hannah in Edmonton, I was very comfortable with that. All right, so that's Dubas on Jari. A couple things. First of all, he called the reporter by name again. Love that. You know, that's – I don't know how – Fast, that's going to become old, but I still like it. Addresses the media with uh, with personality and uh, borderline uh, closeness there. But uh, at any rate, Tristan Jari has the potential to do well. He's shown he has the potential to do well. Sure, I get that, but also the results have not been there with Tristan Jari in full. The injury history, not great. The fact that he hasn't been available to contribute to a winning playoff series, not great. Kyle Dubas doesn't have a great track record with goalies. We saw that in his time in Toronto, a decent time in Toronto, but he also struggled putting together um, effective goalies or signing uh, effective goalies, acquiring effective goalies. So anyway, I think that a prove-it deal would have been more fair to, for Jari in that case, give him one, two years at max, let him prove that his potential could be met and then renegotiate after the contract. But five years, five years is a little much for me. At $27 million, I mean, just over $5 million, uh per year hitting the cap isn't terrible, but it's still like you, you've committed to him for five years. The, the only explanation that I have for that is maybe Jari will play more comfortably knowing now that he has some job security. But I don't, I don't buy that very much as well. This isn't a business of you know trying to make people comfortable. It's you know, prove it, and then you get the money. And I don't think Jari has really proved it yet. So I'm not a not a fan of this deal that he signed to five years, nearly twenty seven million to Tristan Jari back with the Penguins. He was signed on Saturday. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 